What's happening, everybody? How you doing? This is James Sabalski alongside the one, the only, three-time Grey Cup champion, four-time CFL All-Star. He played with the Stamps. He played with the Owls. He played with the Eskimos. He played with the Leos. Am I missing anything else on your resume, Davis? I think that does it for the beautiful Canadian Football League Seaball. But uh... two seasons in the National Football League with the San Diego Chargers, eleven in total with the Canadian Football League, thirteen pro seasons. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, David Sanchez. How you doing, man? That is a nice introduction, Doctor Sabalski. Thank you very much. The checks in the mail, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Fired up. The CFL season is here. The it is. Wa- we're here. It's the, the waggle, waggle. The waggle is here, and uh, and we're fired up to get this get this thing going. Talk talk some shop. Talk some shop. Now, as a, as a DB, did the waggle make you nervous, or did you like the waggle to kind of keep you going? That, that's the motion, right? It's the motion at the line. For you, those of you who don't know the waggle, the waggle is the motion. As a defensive back, you uh, you learn to live with the waggle. That's a pretty funny thing when you watch the American guys come up here for the first time and have to deal with the waggle. Like you tell me that this guy's gonna run full speed at me and get a running start, and I gotta run backwards and cover this son of a gun. No, it's pretty. Uh, it's a tough. Uh, it's a tough deal, and to watch guys do it for the first time is uh, is pretty funny, and uh, and uh, it's always enjoyable. But uh, yes, the waggle is here. The season is here. Thank you so much, everybody, for uh, for checking in and, uh, and and taking a listen to uh, Davis and I, and we'll be going through this uh, throughout the 2016 season and looking ahead to the week uh, the week ahead matchups and also kind of recapping the week as well. And and this is our first episode or the maiden voyage, so we'll try not to sink the ship right out of the gate here. Uh, but you know, it's funny you kind of you kind of allude to the joke of you know guys trying to figure out the motion for American guys coming up for the first time. So for some of the imports. Is there, is there a moment? I mean, it's week one here in the Canadian Football League, set to kick off the season. Excitement in the air. Everybody's still optimistic. Everybody feels like they still got hope. Everybody's looking at the roster going, you know what? I think we got everyone's gonna got Everyone's going to win the Grey Cup. That's right. Now, is there, is there a moment that kind of stands out for you, kind of a week one story? Yeah, I always, you know, I say that. that week one is true. Everyone's going, all teams right now feel like, hey, we got a shot. Y'all got swag. We got a shot. We we all got we got swag. But I mean, it's true. You're you're you're. Everyone goes into the season optimistic, um, excited. They've worked hard. Um, they're going through training camp together, and it's all it's all optimism everywhere. And until you line up that first game, mm-hmm. and then you find out who the pretenders are and who the contenders are after week one. After this week, you'll have a or pretty good idea. After five minutes, sure. After five <laughs> after five minutes, I remember 2003 uh, in Calgary. Uh, my first year in Calgary 03, we played the defending Grey Cup champ, Montreal Alouettes. They came to our house, and we, we want to set a set the tone. We had a new coaching staff, Jim Barker, just come in town, and new ownership. We want to set the tone. Yeah. And so we, we started off. We, we tied the game against the defending Grey Cup champs. A couple minutes left, and Barker said, you know what? We're going for two. We're going we're gonna to win this. We're going to win this game. Instead of tie, going for the tie, kick the point, we went for two. There's swag. That's why. What do you want to show everyone? You want to show the, our team. You want to show the fans that we were about business. Well, we didn't get the two-point conversion. And I, at that point, Montreal went on to win the game. And I think we won five games that year. It kind of was a tough start. He had the right idea, Coach Bark did. But the result wasn't quite. Maybe we would have kicked the extra point and, 
and maybe won the game. He might have won the Grey Cup. No, probably, you, you, no, probably well, not. You guys were doomed with yeah, Fred, Fred. Fred Fateri owned the team at the time, right? Michael Federick owned the team at oh, the time. Right, Fred yeah. Fateri was the GM. Okay. And actually, it was, a real, it was real cool because uh, Michael Federick, the owner, his son was the quarterback. That's right. Which is really <laughs> I'm going to buy yeah. a team so my kid can play. My kid uh, can be quarterback. That's pretty cool. That's a that's a. I want to be dad. running back. I should have got my dad to see if we could buy the Leos, and I could maybe take over Andrew Harris' spot and be the running back. See, all you parents with kids in in minor and rec, rec league sports, just think: as crazy as you might be as a parent, nothing can top an owner purchasing a pro franchise and putting his kid in at quarterback. <laughs> so there's something to aspire to. Um, hey, look, th- there's there's lots of excitement, lots of buzz, and lots of news that, that's been going on uh, throughout the league, and, and we're going to get into it, and we're going to look into the week one matchups here in a little bit. But I kind of want to pick your brain on some of the big stories kind of coming into the season and, and some of the hot-button topics. I think for one, for me, I think the real big story that's really worth keeping an eye on, I think it has huge implications for the entire league, and I think it starts at BMO Field in Toronto. The Argos are finally playing in a home that feels legitimately like home and what could potentially bring back fans to a stadium to watch CFL football in Toronto. Not just a one-off for a Grey Cup every few years. This, to me, BMO Field in a stadium that's just under 30,000. That's an intimate park. My biggest complaint in my experience in the years when I lived in Toronto it was always, if you went to an Argos game, you know, if you wanted to celebrate the home team scoring a touchdown, the closest guy to high five was two sections over. I mean, it was cavernous, and 10,000 people in a 50,000-seat stadium is appalling. Nobody wants to go to that. Nobody wants to deal with it. It's They've all got about the tailgating. experience. It's exactly it's it. It's all about the experience. 100%. I mean, as a visiting player going in there, it probably never felt like any – it probably felt like going to a minor football game. I'll tell you what. No matter what – this is the thing what I think about for all the fans in Toronto area. The diehard Argo fans are going to be there. They will be there if it was in the Sky Dome, if it was at wherever it was, they're yeah. going to be there. But now, any football fan – you could be a Buffalo Bills fan. You could be – any yeah. type of, if you're a football fan, though, and I got a lot of buddies out there who are football fans, they like the CFL, they like the NFL, they didn't want to sit in Skydome and watch a football game. Hell no. But of any fan of football, who doesn't want to sit outside, beautiful summer afternoon, have a brewski, hang out with your buddies, mm-hmm. hang out with your family, and watch a football game? And that might... And huddle up, like, be close together, perfect. right? And that, that will also, that may also get some new, some new fans. Got people who are just football fans now might become Argo fans and CFL fans because it's a good good place to go watch a game, sit in the sun, and enjoy enjoy some football. And that's that's the big that's my big take of it is we're gonna be able to change football fans into CFL fans because because of this atmosphere and a place to play football. You know, that city has suddenly found a psyche and you know they've kind of, there's there's a, there's an attitude now in Toronto in a, in a good way right now. You know the Jays have kind of kicked up you know an attitude. Drake's certainly done a lot for the community as we well. Turned, we turned the six up upside down. It's a nine now. It's a, there you go exactly. So people in the nine oh five can feel represented as well. Just turn that six upside I down. I felt real old saying that. Right? That's that awesome, kind of okay. cool, kind of old. I'm on that cusp of still thinking I'm young and cool, but really knowing I'm not. 
We're like no. mature, cool kids, right. everybody. Right. Um, but I, to me, I, I look at the way that the stadiums have kind of changed in recent years around the CFL. And look, the 50,000-seat stadium is just simply too big for the Canadian Football League. And I think it's problematic with the BC Lions. I think the Edmonton Eskimos have done a wonderful job over the years uh, with Commonwealth Stadium. I think the fact that it's a beautiful turf, uh, the fact that it's a beautiful field, but it's still cavernous. I mean, you played in Edmonton, a 60,000-seat stadium. Hey, look, it's nice to have 30,000 people in there, but, you know, 30,000 people still means it's a half-empty stadium. That's You know what? Edmonton just has tradition, football tradition. Yes. It's not the best atmosphere to play, but that that Edmonton Eskimo tradition runs so deep. They have a deep group of fans, and that's that. But moving back to, to Toronto, mm-hmm. end of the day, it's a good football team. Everyone's talking about yeah. All the talk is about BMO and the experience, which it's amazing. But this is a good football team. This is this is Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray, one of the all-time greats, is word out of camp is that he's looking as good as he's looked in years. Mm-hmm. He's healthy. He's got those three those three receivers from last year, um, Kevin Elliott, uh, Hazelton, and, and Tory Gurley, who are who are superstars Big. in the making. Superstars in the making. You got Ricky Ray back there throwing to these three guys. You could you might be able to play at Sky Dome and still and still draw a crowd, but at BMO they're going to sell that that piece out uh, because this is going to be an exciting football team to watch and uh, everyone's fired up about it. No, uh, no question about it. Rich Stubler on the defensive side uh, making plays as well. So a lot of excitement and, and Toronto is legitimately a contender for this year's great four dollar beers. Four dollar beers. You can tailgate outside and and here's the one thing that I I, I really uh, respect what the Argos have done in the franchise and I know that. Look, it's been a tough sell for the Argos in in the Toronto market for a number of years. But pricing tickets to get in at twenty dollars with surcharges, you're still under twenty five bucks. To me, that's how you win the young fans for you know a group of twenty five year old guys that are saying, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" We can go to the Argos game, and you can kind of stumble over from Liberty Village. Just you know, in terms of the community, where you can go have a couple of drinks or go have a bite to eat and go to the game. You know, at the stadium's located well. I think there's a real opportunity to really start cha- turning some heads. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to become the Blue Jays or the Raptors or the Maple Leafs in that market. But you know what? Toronto FC has quietly found themselves a home with their market of fans. And you know what? There's no reason to think that in a market that big with millions of people living in the GTA or Southern Ontario, there's no reason to think that they can't get 25000 End of the day, End of the day, Seaball, you got to win football games. Yeah. People come there to watch, to, you know, for the atmosphere, but you got to win. you got to put a good product on the field, and, and, and that's something that they've done there. They're, they spent the money to get – they got a lot of great, good free agents. Um, they got a top-shelf quarterback. Um, they're doing the things they need to do to put a quality, quality product on the field, which is something that's not being talked about enough. Um, and it's going to impress a lot of people. Are going to be very impressed with this this Argo football team. Week one against Hamilton is uh, they're going to show they're going to show out, and, uh, and this is a team that's going to be dealt with in the East. I like it. I like where you're going with that one. Uh, let's talk about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here as well. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think, for all intents and purposes, I think if you were to go around and ask most CFL observers, they would tell you that the Bombers were the Grey Cup champions of the off season. You know, but but they ain't no trophy in the off season. But they, look, they they spent, they, spent. they spent that dough. That's they, for sure. Yeah, and it's a nice homecoming for Andrew Harris coming back. Obviously, a lot of expectations on him. I think there's a lot of expectations on this team right from the top of the food chain all the way down to the field. Well, we're talking. We're talking about year year three uh, for Michael Shea. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, he's twelve and twelve and twenty four. Uh, you know, everyone everyone loves Michael Shea. 
Um, he's a he's a he's a he's a football guy. He's a CFL guy through and through. Everyone, I'm a big Mike O'Shea. Uh, fan. Me, me too. I want to I, I want to buy like I want to believe in Mike O'Shea because you know to see him as a player. I've always sure. been a fan of Mike O'Shea in terms of the type of guy he was, and as an assistant, I feel like at some point this is this is finally the team that I think he's finally got the horses to try to. And if he can't get it done, I, I think you're right. This might be a make or break year. I mean, it's a it's a good Canadian story. Canadian boy comes up, has great success mm-hmm. is, is, as a player, is a, is a champion, well respected, goes through the coaching ranks, does things the right way. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a business. This is this is a business. It's about it's about the bottom line, and it, he just hasn't got it done. And and to be honest, it hasn't been his fault. It, Drew Drew Willie, they were five and one last year when yeah. Drew was healthy. When he got hurt, they were five and one. And Michael Shea, we're not talking about. He's in the final year of his contract this year. This might be the end if if, if they don't start off start off hot. It might be you might be done in a few games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna be pulling triggers pretty quick there, but. Uh, to get back to it, they were five and one with, with Drew really, and we might be talking about what a great coach Michael O'Shea is, and he might have an extension by now. Yeah. But unfortunately, the football gods haven't been on his side, and his star quarterback got hurt. You see throughout this league what happens when you don't have a quarterback, and and unfortunately, that's what happened to them this year. Drew's healthy. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, and it's make or break. Twelve and twenty-four over the last few years, you got. Paul Lapolis now as your offensive coordinator. Lapo's back, yeah. Which is which is a great thing for Mike O'Shea to have. Lapo, it's also a guy right over your shoulder who they will pull the trigger and he'll be the head coach taking your job. That's just a fact. Uh, everyone's whispering about it. It's a fact. Um, but this is Mike O'Shea's team. I know I know guys out there. I've talked to the guys. They believe in Mike O'Shea. So hopefully they can get off to a good start, save his job. And they can all, you know, live happy in in, bom- in Bomberland. Um, you look at the signings. I mean, Justin Medlock, they go out and, you know what, from a kicking standpoint, for the winds that swirl in Winnipeg, I mean, to have a guy who's a trusted, well-established the best, kicker. The best in the league. Best in the league, absolutely. So, you know, that's a huge signing there that I think sometimes gets overlooked with all the talk of Andrew Harris. Uh, they go out and they bring in Weston Dressler, which kind of, you know, it's a nice little kick in the pants to their arch rivals, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You get Ryan Smith as well, uh, Keisha Logan. I mean, which which of those signings or which of those new guys that come into the Bombers, a team to, in your mind, has potential to have the most impact? Yeah, but Justin Medlock. I mean, yeah. people will people will talk about Dressler as as the big signing because it's a sec, it's a sexy signing, and Weston's sure. been a great player, and he, he will be a very important for for Drew Willie. Um, but Justin Medlock is the best kicker in the CFL, mm. and in the CFL with three downs and so much, the kicking game is 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 so huge. He's gonna be a big a big difference maker for that football team. And like you said, the weather the weather in Winnipeg, you need a strong leg and a good kicker. So that's that's big. And and the Shuligan and Yudla Cummings signings on their defensive line, those are big signings too. These are two these are two guys who control the line of scrimmage and it might not be as as uh, as uh, sexy as, as the Dressler and Smith signings, but not, don't, uh, don't uh, hesitate to think that they're not as important. Andrew Harris, what's he going to deal with in terms of being the hometown kid coming back? Obviously, he's excited, but you've been in that role before where you came, when, when you joined with the Lions. I mean, all of a sudden, you were home playing. I'm sure there's, you know, you've got family and friends that are around. I mean, it's not just it's home cooking in one breath, but at the same time, there's probably a lot of distractions as well you got to deal with. Yeah, you know what? For for a guy like Andrew, it's not gonna it's not gonna be any more stress than wherever he is. He's a pro. 
He's got to he's got to he's got to deliver. He's got to compete. Um, it's just he's going to hear more on the radio. He's going to have more interviews. But at the end of the day, if uh, if he if he balls out, he's going to get he's going to help his team win. If he doesn't, they're going to you know find someone to replace him. Andrew's at a point now where he, he almost led the league in rushing last year. He was second. He got he got uh, caught the last week of the season. Um, but he's at a point now where he's kind of going towards the end of his career. Uh, you know, and and so he's got to be. He's got this is a big year for him. He's got he's got to push push forward, be the guy. He's he's dynamic because he can catch the football, which is a big. They're going to use him. Lapo will do a great job of getting him out the backfield, getting his hands on the ball. He's big. He he breaks defenses down because he's such so hard to bring down. But he's a guy who's gonna who's gonna who can carry this offense if he's still got the juice in his legs. You know, coming coming up to thirty years old. Well, we'll see what uh, what this new lease on life uh, as he goes back to Winnipeg can do for the Bombers uh, and and the Bomb Squad. Certainly hoping that he can pay dividends after spending uh, lavishly to bring back uh, and addressing a need at running back for the Bombers. Uh, Wally Ball is back with the BC Lions, and you know, here's a team that's kind of going through a transitional time. Jonathan Jennings is kind of the man in charge now, but when you talk about a guy looking over your shoulder, I mean, if the young guy falters. You got an MOP waiting in the wings, and Travis Lule. What sort of impact does Wally Ball have? And I, you know, when I look at the depth of that West Division, there were lots of changes made, Davis. But I don't know if, you know, with Wally coming back to the sidelines and immediately turns things around for the BC Lions. Well, that's that's the that's the thing. Is it? Yes, he's back. Mm-hmm. You know, the greatest coach in in CFL history. I mean, he's two hundred and fifty four. Regular season wins for for the great coach Bueno, um, but and there's always there's always a but. Mm. Uh, who did who did the BC Lions add to make this roster significantly different than last year's? You know, the last few years heads have rolled on the sideline when it was Mike Benavides and Jeff Tedford. It ultimately didn't work out for both those individuals on the sidelines, and Wally makes the call. Uh, Wally's now assembling the personnel and also making the decisions on the sidelines again. So buying I mean, the groceries it, to cook dinner, as Bill Parcells would say. If you want me to cook the dinner? Let me buy the groceries. So Wally's uh, buying his own groceries and uh, and he can cook the dinner. So there's no one to all the success goes to him. All the blame goes to him. The bu- the buck stops here, and and you know. Look, you've got a pretty good depth at quarterback, and Jonathan Jennings certainly showed a lot, I think, in the minds of the organization that he can go. But, you know, at the same time, you're putting a lot of trust and a lot of faith in a guy who's only played half a season, who's a 500 starter, um, 10 picks, you know, over the course of that time, maybe 15 touchdowns. So, obviously, you know, he's a pretty accurate passer, completing two-thirds of his passes, but... Um, there's still probably going to be some growing pains. And if that team has a hard time protecting the quarterback, as we've seen, you know, where Travis Lule's had his, you know, his career in jeopardy C-ball, a few times with injuries. Seaball, ball tell me this. What do, you, what do you do? You're in a situation where you have the campaign. You've seen around town. What's going on in, in Vancouver? Everything is, everything is Jonathan Jennings. Mm-hmm. They've, they've marketed this team. For, this is Jonathan Jennings' team. He's there's the guy. No, there's no doubt about it. So, so what what do, you, what do you do? You give the team to him now. You have Travis. You have Travis sitting there, an MVP. What do you do now? I, I think ultimately you're going to give Jonathan Jennings as long a leash as possible because he's a young guy and you want to keep that confidence up. I think only unless it's mop up time or unless he gets hurt do you do you go to Travis Lule quickly. But that being said, Travis is a devil that Wally knows and knows very well. And I just wonder that if this team gets into a, 
into a rut, say, three weeks into the season. Is there a circumstance? Is there a situation yeah. you, you could actually see a quarterback change? Or is this Jonathan Jennings' team, no matter what happens, because of the, the marketing campaigns, all the things that have gone into to Jonathan being the guy? I think Wally doesn't care about marketing. I think Wally's interested in winning football games. And I think that ultimately if Jonathan Jennings struggles and they get off to maybe an 0-3 start or something, I wouldn't be surprised if Travis is starting by that point. You know what I would always love to see? I always said this. I would always I would have loved to see Wally as the GM in Winnipeg or somewhere <laughs> that wasn't so desirable for people to live because he is such a ball buster with getting contracts and, and getting guys to sign. You can see he didn't sign Regina. anyone. Regina too, exactly. Yeah, there you go. It, it, you know, getting guys to sign. He's always had the luxury of of guys want to live. What guy from uh, what American guy or a Canadian guy, but especially Americans, comes to Vancouver and doesn't want to live in this beautiful city? Yeah. So, so for for him to, he's always had that. People would take less to come here because they want to live here. But, and he's such a ball buster when it comes to contracts. I mean, like like you said, look at we talked about his free agents. He didn't he didn't make any big splash because he's not going to overpay. Mm-hmm. Wally's not going to overpay. I want I wanted to come home. I can tell you firsthand. I want to come home and play for. With my, be with my family and my friends and, and, and play. If I grew up a huge Lions fan, I wanted to come home. I would have taken a hometown discount year after year. I wanted to come home. And I loved Montreal, but I, home was home. Yeah. Um, and I, he, he was offering, I was making double what he would offer me <laughs> in the off season when I was free, a free agent. Like, not even close. Not I would have taken close. a hometown discount. He yeah. was, I was getting paid double what he would offer me. And he, he's yeah. he's good. I'll take, I, a, I'll take a 20% discount. Sure. Not taking a 50%. Sure. So that, but that's, the, that's why you look at the roster and you see, right now I believe I heard uh, there's one there's one or two American uh, American import, imports uh, guys coming back this year, new guys that are on the roster this year from last year. How do you have that little turnover? Uh, on your roster that wasn't a wasn't a good team last year, and you have one new starter coming in, it's 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 because Wally believes that he can get it done with what he has, and 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 the pieces he has, or he's not going to go overpay or go reaching reaching for to sign to sign guys. And that's probably why David Brady's kept him so long. He keeps a tight a tight pocketbook, and he does and he has success with it. That's the key. He doesn't overspend, and he has success. So we'll see if. We'll see if that formula is going to work this year because I think that's that's what everyone's saying is he's back, but what pieces did he add to make this BC Lions football team 2016 a better football club? We'll get into this a little bit in a couple moments as well, but you also got to wonder about the health of Solomon Elamimian too. I mean, you know, MOP who in 2014 best in the league, but you know, does he still have that burst? Does he still have that explosiveness? So uh, let's look ahead to week one. Here we go. It's uh, It goes for real, and it all happens starting Thursday night at BMO Field, where we were talking about just a few minutes ago. The Argos, the new look, the healthy Ricky Ray, the rebuilt, redesigned Ricky Ray, uh, taking on the Hamilton Ticats, uh, who are without Zach Caleros, but just hit payday. Uh, earlier this week, Ching, yeah, one and a half million dollars for Zach Caleros. That's a uh, one point five milli, a milli, a milli, a milli. You like that? That's nice. That's, That's very nice. nice for him. I mean, I mean, hey, good for him to get it. Um, well deserved. He's a he's a he's a he's a superstar. He's a superstar in this league and and deserves. And then Zach Caleros deserves the money. He's worth every penny. Okay, how do you see this one playing out with the Argos uh, at home at BMO? Obviously, there's the new excitement, the new intrigue, and a team that. A team that is legitimately built to contend, not just in the East, but for a Grey Cup championship this year. Uh, Rich Stubler, 
a great defensive mind. You had three three new guys, three new free agents they brought in, defensive linemen who who are great. You have probably the best best receiving receiving core arguably in the league, and then you have the gunslinger Ricky Ray. This team is uh, I, I like I like the Argos to win the East. I like the Argos to to roll roll uh, this week against Hamilton. I see. To me, I like the Argos to get it done here in this week one as well. At the end of the day, I think when the smoke clears, when the season's done. I think Hamilton will be on top in the East. I think this team is still deep I enough. I agree with you. I think this team is still deep enough that they will be able to weather the storm. You know, even a 500 record until Caleros is back. And I think once you kind of get that ace in the hole back behind under center, I think that's where the Tie Cats can really separate themselves. Look, you still, like, we talk about the importance of special teams, but you still got an explode. And then adding Chad Owens as well to the return. With Now you got to kick to either Speedy Banks or Speedy B, or or kicking the Chad Owens. Seven defensive, seven new starters on defense, James, mm-hmm. for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Orlando Steinauer is a sharp, sharp guy. Yeah. But not seven... just because he's a former DB, right? No, Steinauer. Yeah, he's, he's a <laughs> Steinauer sharp. But mm-hmm. seven, seven new defensive starters. That's unheard of. I mean, if this, if they can overcome this, no Caleros, uh, all these new guys on defense, and mm-hmm. like you said. Just hold, just hold off until Zach gets back, and these new guys get used to the system, learn the CFL. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you; they have a shot. But can they can they keep their head above water uh, the first six, seven weeks of the season? I, I think with some of the horses that they got on on offense, especially from a veteran standpoint, when you look at you still got fan twos. You, you bring in a guy like Owens, who's a lot of experience. Uh, I, I think those guys can bring the stability until Caleros is back and they're ready to go. In the meantime. BMO checks out an Argos win, I think, in week one. Hey, by the way, you're listening to The Waggle. He's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski, and it's the maiden voyage of the CFL podcast here in 2016. We call it The Waggle because we're always in motion here. Uh, but we're playing CFL Pick'em online as well that you can join and play with us on CFL.ca. All you got to do is register, and uh, you can even join our group. We're located. You can find us in The Waggle and make your picks and go up against Davis and see what you got. You can go up against me as well. And trash talk talk our bad picks. But if you you get on and start trash talking my bad picks, I'm coming back at you. That's right. You got to be prepared to eat as well, right? Uh, Okay, coming up on Friday, you've got the Alouettes with Kevin Glenn. I'll be there. The journeyman in Winnipeg to take on the revamped. The retooled Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Bombers come in at uh, four-point favorites in this one against the Alouettes. Davis, how do you see this one going down? Well, these these are definitely two teams that have uh, a lot of questions uh, about them this this season. A lot of questions that need to be answered. And the Owls are kind of written off by a lot of people already. Kevin Kevin Glenn going home. Hmm. To well, I guess home is every 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 <laughs> CFL city for he Kevin. He can go home everywhere in Canada. Well, this is his. This is uh, Winnipeg is his <laughs> best home. But no, the Alouettes. Uh, you're right. This the CFL.ca power rankings this week had Montreal in the basement. Mm. Um, a lot of people. Are, uh, some people I talked to surprised about that. Uh, they think that the Alouettes have uh, have a shot to be legit. Um, I'm 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 in the I'm in the category of uh, have some questions that need to be answered. Yeah. Uh, about this football team, but I think uh, a lot of it falls on Kevin Glenn, though, doesn't it? I think a lot of it uh, falls on this offense, offensive line. Yeah, um, you know, you lost Josh Burke. 
Uh, and there they got Terrell Sutton, who's just who's a, who's a beast, who led the league in rushing. If he can he can run the ball and give Kevin some relief, um, and they can get the ball downfield to S.J. and and Deron Deron Carter, then that, then we have a then we have an offense. But other than that, you got is Nick a, Lewis there too, and like there's some guys who can catch the ball. Kenny Stafford they just uh, brought in as well. Like they have, they've got some playmakers. They have some playmakers, but they and all, a pretty good def- defensive core that might be able to keep them in. It's the offense that's going to be a question, Seabo. Mm-hmm. It's the offense that's going to be a question. You have a, 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 as great as Anthony is as a player and a great offensive mind. It's a new system. He mm-hmm. does. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have a go-to system to, to to lean back on. He's he's plucking plays from here and there to build his system. So it's going to be. There's going to be some growing pains. So. You know, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think ultimately the knock on the Montreal Alouettes will always be uh, they don't have AC, right? And and ultimately until everybody comes to terms that Anthony Calvillo is no longer on the field, you know, throwing balls, I think that'll be the adjustment. And and until the Alouettes find that heir apparent, and Kevin Glenn is probably a could a. a a good stopgap, at least for the, the meantime, to help develop who they believe is their, their future in Vernon Adams, uh, former Oregon yeah, Duck. Who they, so. who they love. My, there we go. My duck, Give my ducks some love. But they love Vernon Adams. Uh, and, and he is – Gave he, up a first rounder for He him. gave up a first rounder, which doesn't happen very often. He, he's, a, he's the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you say, Kevin, Kevin Glenn is probably the best stopgap uh, maybe in the history of this league and doesn't get enough credit. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't get enough love, but I'll tell you what. I think the Alouettes are going to steal a road win in week one in Winnipeg. I think there's – it's the old – I think with the amount of changes, and this kind of maybe flies in the face of what I was saying with, you know, the Cats being able to hang on and the adjustments they're going through, I think they're going to get caught. I think the Bombers are going to get caught with all the transition – as they try to figure out their personnel collectively as this new hodgepodge team that's been assembled, I think Montreal has enough veteran guys on both sides of the football to provide the stability to eke out a road win here. You just dropped the mic. That was a drop-the-mic moment. You know why, Seaball? When we started today, we started today, I liked I liked, I liked, uh, Winnipeg to, to, win, to win this game. Mm. And you just talked me into, after hearing you, um, I just, I actually agree with you, and I think what? yes, I've just been Obama swayed. out. <laughs> you just dropped the mic. I, I, you know what? It's, I, I think, I think you're right. I think that there's a there's an opportunity there for for Montreal to to possibly uh, squeak this game out. Okay, looking ahead to uh, it's a doubleheader on Saturday. It's a rematch of the Grey Cup from last fall with the defending Grey Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks at Commonwealth Stadium. And then you got the BC Lions closing out uh, week one at home against the Calgary Stampeders. Let's first start with the uh, Grey Cup rematch. Uh, the Eskimos, you talk about extreme makeover for the defending Grey Cup champions. Chris Jones, um, kind of like channeling his inner littlest hobo here. All of a sudden, hey, thanks so much for getting us back on top, man. That was so great. What a great job. Wait, wait, where, where, where are you going, Chris? Wait, quick, Chris. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Chris, down the road. Come That's back, where Chris. I'll always be. Chris, come back. So he takes the money and runs off to Sasky. And in comes Jason Moss, who is quite lots the familiar of, lots face. Lots of money. And I'll tell you what, I mean – You've got as the guys who run the organization now uh, was a, a you know what a one two punch that I was always a big fan of uh, in Edmonton way back when Ed Hervey and Jason Moss and Ed obviously got himself a Grey Cup ring as a manager assembling last year's squad. Uh, how much does this fall on Mike Riley? Because 
Both these teams took losses. You know, Jason Moss was an offensive coordinator last year with the Red Blacks, who now taken over as the head man in Edmonton. But, you know, there were a lot of guys and a lot of key personnel that went with Chris Jones to Saski as well. Are the Eskimos still good enough? Are they good enough to repeat? There's there's a lot of well to answer, to answer your question they they have the talent to repeat. They've won ten straight coming into this season, by the way. The big the big thing when you're a Great Cup champion, you, you, there's a there's a, there's a time that you have some complacency the following year, and this is this group is probably this will be the championship team with the biggest chip on their shoulder maybe ever. Because everyone, all anybody can talk about, about this championship Eskimo football team is Chris Jones and all the people who aren't there anymore. Yeah. Remember, got to remember, there's a locker room full of Grey Cup champions in there. And the, and the one standing the tallest is underneath center, Mike Riley, who, who may be the greatest competitor in, in our league. He's pissed off because yeah. he, he won't say it. But he's pissed off. Everyone, all everyone can talk about is is everyone has gone to Saskatchewan and and what's going to happen with this Edmonton team. There's a lot of guys in that locker room who are who are, have a chip on their shoulder because they're still the defending Great Cup champions. Three defensive they, players went to the NFL. Three, two bolting to Sasky. I mean, that's they lost. They lost some pieces. There's no question. But yeah. you're always when when you're a champion, you're going to lose because people are going to pluck people are going to pluck your players because you've had some success. That's the way it mm-hmm. goes in any league in any sport. But this football team um, is is very very good. They kicked they kick butt in the pre in the preseason. They look very good. Mike Benavides and New DC and their defense look good. Um, they, they're gonna they're gonna be a good football team. They will they will win uh, over your Ottawa Red Blacks in Week One. Um, obviously, Ottawa is a good football team, but I don't think they're. They're as good as Edmonton, and, and Commonwealth's a tough place to play. Yeah, I, I think the Eskimos are good enough to get it done. Um, just touching on the Red Blacks here, what a season last year. What a story to get to the Grey Cup final. Uh, I guess the big question coming in, can Smile and Hank still get it done at 41? Henry Burris, uh, look, his work ethic is second to none, I think, in the CFL. But it's an interesting dynamic that Trevor Harris, who obviously the Red Blacks, and rightly so, were looking ahead to the future, that they are able to land a quarterback that can be the heir apparent. But how soon is that? They're gonna give give the ball to Hank, and uh, and if anything, if there's any falter or injury, they know what they have behind him. I think that was a real smart move by Marcel Desjardins, the yep. GM over there, to get Trevor locked up. You have, you know, you have your future set. Um, there's no pressure on him now. Uh, it's it's a, that was a good that was a good move by them. It cost them a little bit of money, mm-hmm. and I, and I think they lost a lot of free agents. Ottawa did because. You know they probably had to spend their money on, on 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 Trevor and other other things and couldn't afford to keep some of their some of their key guys that that got away. Um, but that being that being said, I think that uh, in the future that was a, a good move and it'll be Hank's team until anything happens. But what an insurance what an insurance plan you have in Trevor Harris who was who was you know question could have been the, the MVP of the league uh, partway through the season. Yeah, yeah certainly uh, you look at the depth. I mean, that's it's quite impressive. Uh, the last game to roll things out, uh, the Lions volleyball, a volleyball version, what is it, version 2.0 on the sidelines in BC, uh, going up against the Calgary Stampeders, Wally's uh, former team from, I guess it's well, I guess going back 13 years now or <laughs> 14 years now, but, uh, but here you go. You've got uh, the Stamps Two teams going through an interesting transition because Dave Dickinson, another guy I'm a huge fan of and want to buy into, uh, but has his work cut out for him with a lot of the transitions that the Stamps are going through this week going into Vancouver. Well, they've lost their defense coordinator as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Devon Claybrooks uh, will take over 
No John Cornish. No John Cornish. Uh, and, 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 like I said, and two of their top receivers gone, too. Yeah, it's a, you know what? This is this is a system team, uh, at least on offense. Dave Dave is so good that uh, that he'll find he'll, he'll plug whoever in there. They still got Marquis McDaniel, who is a, who is a who's an excellent football player, uh, and they got Jerome Messam, the big load toting the rock. So they'll plug and play. You saw them last year. All the injuries that Calgary had, um, they had defensive linemen playing playing offensive line and and all sort of injuries that that are that most teams could never could never. Uh, deal with but uh, they just managed to do it because they're so sound their system the system they have is so good so they'll they'll Calgary will be fine Calgary will be fine um, they'll go into BC I, I think it'll be this is a good game this will be an interesting game to watch uh, with with you know what's going to happen with BC's offense what's going to happen with the Jonathan Jennings era but Calgary Calgary goes into BC and, and wins in week one and Calgary comes in as three and a half point favorites uh, as as the road uh, as the road team and you know what I think you're right I think Calgary gets it done as well in week one so here to recap uh, for your CFL pick them if you want it don't forget you can join us you can find our group at the waggle and uh, you can find us in the CFL pick them uh, you can join us hey listen it's it's real easy all you got to do is sign up to play and you can make a ton a ton of bank if you want to sit there and uh, and sign on up it's you it's, could make Zach Caleras money. You could totally. Like, Amelie, Amelie, hey, Amelie, Amelie. Look, Amelie. At, look at this, okay? Hear this, okay? So all you got to do is you pick the winner of each game, your confidence level, the tiebreaker point differential. So you can sign up. It's real easy. You want to do it before Thursday, but you can sign up at any point. There's 130000 plus in prizing available, and it's all about the streak, all right? Hear me out. So if you think you know what you're talking about here from a CFL standpoint, you get 30 in a row, you win $30,000. You get 40 in a row, that's $40,000. You get 50 in a row, you can make $50,000 plus additional swag prizes each week. So simply join us. You can make picks up against Davis and myself. If you go, uh, jo- you can join our group. It's open for anybody. It's The Waggle. You can find us there, the name of the podcast. And to recap for uh, week one, Argos and Cats. I'm going with the Argos. Argos as well. Uh, Alouettes on the road against the Bombers. I like the road team in this one. I like the Owls. I took the Owls as well with uh, not a lot of not a lot of confidence, but Seaball swayed me. You changed your mind. Uh, Eskimos and Red Blacks. I think we're on the same page with that one as well. Eskimos, uh, the, the champs, are biggest, still here. Biggest point spread of, of the week. That's a, that's moved to a six point six point favorite on for for Edmonton. So the everyone everyone uh, believes that Edmonton will roll in this game, and I do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, just to just to point out, we are just picking straight up here. But usually when we're playing with, against the point spreads, it's usually with Davis's bookie. So uh, that's on a, that's a whole other thing. Sorry. DraftKings, DraftKings, hop on the DraftKings. Uh, I got my team set. Okay, uh, and we'll get to that in just a quick moment. Uh, the last game, uh, Stampeders and Lions, uh, road team. I like Calgary in this one. Yeah, I like Calgary. I like Calgary to win. You to like win Calgary as well. as well. Okay, so we're on the same page for the first week of uh, our week one picks. Uh, as for DraftKings, you can also sign up for fantasy football CFL style this year. What's your team look like? Who, oh, who have you assembled for week yeah, one? I'm, fi- I'm fired up. I, I, I think I slept about an hour last night. I slept about an hour last night getting my team getting my team already. But okay. I got I got Ricky Ray. I got Ricky Ray uh, at quarterback. Mm. Um, I got uh, John White. Edmonton, Edmonton running back. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. They run the ball with some success. I got Mark K. McDaniel, uh, one of my receivers. Uh, who else do I got? Who do you got, Seaball? 
All right, my fantasy team that I've set, I, I like this. Uh, I feel like I've got a pretty good squad. I got Weston Dressler as well. You got well. Weston Dressler, okay. Big, big, big opening uh, in Winnipeg. All right, there you go. Okay, uh, okay. so I've got uh, my quarterback. I've got Mike Riley because he's Mike Riley. Because he's Mike Riley, man, exactly. Um, my running back, I've got Jerome Messon. Let's see what he's all about. Uh, looked pretty good with his touches uh, when he joined the Stamps, and uh, so let's see if he can do it for real, uh, replacing John Cornish. Uh, my receivers, I've got S.J. Green from the Alouettes and Marquay McDaniel from the Stamps. I think both guys could be primed to uh, to have big week ones. Uh, my flex players, C.J. Gable from Hamilton, the outstanding Canadian, Brad Snopley. Uh, you are such an and my, and my def- and my And my defensive squad, I've got a team that you've been pumping tires about, the Toronto Argonauts. And I did it all with 1900 bucks to spare, buddy, under the cap. Boom, Wally, Wally would be proud. Wally would be proud. <laughs> Wally would be proud. That's it. That's good. So DraftKings, I got my lineup. I did it last night. Uh, get your get your, uh, get your your lineup in and, and uh, make some of that bank. They're giving away a lot of prizes and a lot of money. Lots of prizes. And uh, you can sign up. Uh, you can find the link on CFL.ca. That'll do it for the debut edition of The Waggle. He's David Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. Thanks so much. Make sure you subscribe and you can click on so you never miss an episode. And we will talk to you after week one. We'll gear up for week number two. Enjoy the week. I'm fired up. Enjoy the week. Have fun. You ready for some football? Oh, yeah. Let's can't, do can't it. Can't wait. All the best, everybody. Got my popcorn ready. Yes. Every, get your popcorn ready because right now, everybody, you've still got a chance. See ya.